0: All right, good
1: morning. Here we go, everybody. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this chilly, frozen Tuesday, January 16, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, Justin Jones, right there in the control room. He is uh, taking your phone calls on the first domain condominiums hotline in this first hour, the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in hour number 2, 205-342-9904. That's 205 205-342- 342 Nine nine zero four, And I'm sure there are many of you that want to get through, as you uh, did yesterday, to talk to us here on the program about all that's going on with uh, Alabama football and, of course, uh, Alabama men's basketball, too, playing tonight at home at 6 o'clock against Missouri. Good news is that even though it's going to be really cold, uh, it's clear this morning or it's clearing up, and, and what, uh, you know, frozen precipitation that we've had, um, it's over it's over we you know we had the, the wintry mix overnight and um uh, i know that roads are roads are some roads are uh, you know got to be careful when you're driving obviously uh sidewalks parking lots anytime where there's cement or concrete with frozen mix over the top of it you got to be really really careful when you're when you're walking so um take take uh you know precautions in that regard but we're ready to go it's heated up in the sports world and, of course, the breaking news uh, last night that uh, Kane Womack from South Alabama, the head coach there, is going to become the d- defensive coordinator for Kalen DeBoer at the University of Alabama. More on that coming up, our guest lineup, all those things we're going to discuss with you here in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you, as always, this hour the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by my good friends at Alabama Credit Union. Member owned and not for profit. It's just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more at alabamacu.com that's alabamacu.com or get by and see them at one of their many locations around the great state of alabama do what i did become a member of alabama credit union you certainly won't regret it alabama credit union loans for real life some rules and restrictions do apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket all right here's the lineup for today at 9 30 it's the rocket man drudy Armin from 977 espn radio in huntsville He's going to break it all down for us. We'll talk some ball with Drew. Then at 1030, Coach Randy Ross, who I've had on the program before. Good friend, uh, longtime college football coach. Uh, Prior to that was a very successful high school coach, but uh, spent uh, time at Alabama and um, spent a a lot of time at Alabama, but also coached at uh, Vanderbilt and at Arkansas and at SMU, uh, was a recruiting coordinator, uh, did some uh, on-field coaching director of football operations, got a really good feel for a college football game. And uh, I'm going to visit with him about, you know, what's happened in Alabama with coach Saban retiring coach Bohr coming in. He's been a part of transitions as a uh, coach. And uh, we'll break that all down with coach Randy Ross coming up this morning. At 10:30. as I said, your phone calls on the first domain condominiums hotline at two zero five three, four, two nine, nine Oh four. All right. Let me bring Justin Jones in because, uh, Yesterday afternoon, I say yesterday afternoon, it was more probably around six o'clock yesterday evening, I got a call about a uh, possible situation with uh, Kane Womack, the South Alabama head coach, and was told to keep an eye on that. And uh, I thought it might happen pretty early in the evening, but, uh, you know, even though I was told to watch it, I couldn't confirm it, you know, and I'm just old school, I guess. I kind of don't go with anything unless I can confirm it. And and I couldn't, uh, that he was going to leave South Alabama where he was making over $800,000 a year. So it's not like he was in the poorhouse. Let's be clear on that. <clears throat> but about $810,000 a year. And, you know, he's going to, I'm sure, you know, more than double his salary to come to Alabama. But uh, couldn't get anything confirmed. But then last night, uh, Chris Lowe uh, from ESPN, who breaks a lot of stories, uh, put it out. On social media, and, and it got out that uh, Kane Womack is coming to Alabama. Justin, um, you know, what do you think? I mean, there, there's a tie between these two coaches, Kalen DeVore and uh, Kane Womack. we both on Tom Allen's staff at Indiana back in 2019. Womack was the defensive coordinator, DeVore was the offensive coordinator, so they've got history. Um, I thought he did a really good job at South Alabama, um, winning over 20 games in three seasons, and this past year won 10 beat Oklahoma state. You'll remember blew out Eastern Michigan in the bowl game. And that led to the a little brew ha after the game, when Alabama South Alabama was winning, singing the uh, alma mater and the kid from Eastern Michigan came over and just cheap shotted uh, just blindsided one of the South Alabama players. But uh, you know, he's a defensive coach, got a lot of different experience still in his mid thirties and uh, has experience obviously as a head coach in the state, particularly in South Alabama. Uh, as far as high school coaches and recruiting are concerned, I think this is a good hire.
2: No, I think you're exactly right. Um, And specifically, like you just mentioned, I look back to the really the game against Oklahoma State where he held uh, Mike Gundy's team to only seven points. So I'm not too familiar with the kind of defense that he runs, but... Ultimately, I think that relationship between uh, Coach DeBoer and him is going to be fruitful for Alabama and really help us uh, move forward as well, as like you just said, really in recruiting as well in South Alabama and Mobile.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I think the staff is coming together nicely. Obviously, we expect Ryan Grubb to be uh, the offensive coordinator uh, from Washington, the guy that uh, Nick Saban tried to hire last year. Now, let me say this. Um, nothing is official yet Alabama's made no announcements and I, I look like now it looks like they'll probably wait until you know the staff is basically done before they put out anything officially but we know how this this coaching staff is shaping up if you follow Alabama football and it's going to have a good mix I think a good blend of of guys from Washington uh, a couple of guys from Alabama and then you know some guys that come from the outside so <clears throat> I'm uh I'm liking what I'm seeing from this coaching staff. All right, let's jump out on the uh, first and main condominiums hotline and welcome in our pal, Corey, from over in Trustful. Good morning, Corey. How are you?
3: Good morning, Gary. How are you doing this morning?
1: Doing well. A little cold, but it's all good, buddy.
3: You know, I, like the, uh, I like the hire. And when I saw his credentials, uh, I really liked what I, what I see, and uh, I think this is a great hire, and, Now we're on Caleb Downs' watch and see if he likes the hire and see if he'll stick with Alabama.
1: Yeah, unfortunately now uh, with the portal NIL, um, yeah, you know, you just have to watch and see if players are going to stay with you because, you know, they can leave and the portal's open right now for Alabama players. Uh, You know, I, I guess I look at, caleb down situation and and again i don't know what the nil opportunities are outside alabama but you know i'm sure he's getting some some nil money here freshman all-american um you know tane womack is a coach that uh i know kind of researching him a little bit last night i know the players that have played under him uh, as a defensive back say that he uh will allow you to excel in his system i know the safety's Make a lot of tackles in the type of system that he runs. So if I'm, uh, Caleb Downs and I'm already at Alabama, I'm already situated. I won an SEC championship, played in the college football playoff as a true freshman, was a freshman All American, was the freshman of the year. Uh, I don't think I would want to leave. <laughs> you know, I, I think I would be, uh, very happy exactly where I'm at, but you know, that's for him to decide, but. I think all Alabama fans would join me in saying, you know, you hope he stays, obviously, because of the fact that he is a, a terrific football player. You know, he's not in—he's not a good player. He's a great player. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he he makes a difference on the field. And, um, you know, you think about last season, if he, let's say he had signed with Georgia out of high school, he's a good enough player that if he's playing for Georgia instead of Alabama, I mean, you could argue that. You know, Georgia might win that game against Alabama in the SEC championship game, or that Alabama might not even be in the SEC championship game. He's a good enough player, Corey. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope he stays. And and if, you know, just from the outside looking in, that's all we can do. We don't know what's going on with him and his family, but from the outside looking in, he appears to have a very good situation at the University of Alabama, if you ask me.
3: You know, Alabama keeps losing players. who are poor, poor, and I'm wondering, are we going to have a good enough team to 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 have a good team? Because... We keep losing players, and we can't go get players because the portal is shut. And these players are only going because the portal is open because of save and retire, and and we're kind of screwed here because of the because of the portal situation.
1: Oh, I don't think so, Corey. I I, I think they've got enough good football players at Alabama. They're going to be okay. I mean, they're going to you're going to lose some, but um, I think Alabama's got a really good roster, and you uh, going to have a really strong team. And they were going to be over. You know, even if Coach Saban had stayed, they were going to be over the number of 85. So they were going to have to, you know, some guys were going to have to leave anyway. So I don't, um, um, I don't have, um, you know, any concerns about the roster being strong. Are you going to lose some good players? Yeah. You know, and they were going to lose some players even if they had, um, you know, even if Saban had stayed, you know, they were going to lose some players. And every team is. so. That's just part of it, but I think the roster is. I think the roster is, um, is going to be a really good roster.
3: Going to the NFL here, which was a bigger surprise: the the collapse of the Eagles or the or the the beating the the Green Bay Packers put on. uh, uh
1: I think of the beating the Packers put on the Cowboys because the collapse of the Eagles, we'd already seen it. I mean they 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 went into the they went into the playoffs, you know, limping badly and I don't think there were that many people that thought they would beat Tampa Bay, particularly with A.J. Brown out. Then they lost Julio Jones uh, to a concussion in the first half, and he was playing well. He was off to a really good start. And uh, that team that team, somewhere along the line had just lost its mojo. And, you know, Jalen was hurt. Uh, I don't care what he says. He didn't run the ball the same way after the knee injury. Then he, you know, had that finger situation on his throwing hand. He didn't play well. The offensive line didn't play like it usually played. The defense just was awful. So Philadelphia now is going to have to look at uh, uh, making some changes in the offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if there are coordinator changes there. And on the other side with the Cowboys, you know, they went on the playoffs on a roll. You know, they had not lost at home all year. Um, They were, you know, they'd wound up winning the, the Eastern Division of the NFC and had the home field advantage, and the Packers just went in there and thumped them. So that's a bigger surprise to me uh based on where the two teams were at going into the playoffs i didn't expect too much out of the eagles but i did expect you know the cowboys to beat the packers and it didn't happen so hey great call corey i got to get to some other callers man hang in there buddy we'll talk some softball soon okay
3: okay good talk to you Gary hot okay.
4: Tad.
1: thank you let's keep it going let's uh, jump out on the first main kano's uh, hotline and talk to linda hey good morning linda
4: good morning Gary how are you I'm doing well. I I Thank think you. the biggest problem in, in college football today is the NIL. And I think that's yeah. what Nick Saban got out of it. It's a mess. When you can just buy play, players from one team to the other, that that has something has to be done about that. I'm not sure where we're going with it. Because some of these young men really need the money. And if I can get six hundred thousand out of Texas and Alabama's only offering one hundred thousand, where do you think I'm going?
1: i think probably going to take the money, like you said. That's uh, that's the reality of it.
4: It's the reality of it. It's some mm-hmm. of them are very needy when they get here, and if Alabama can't compete with the big teams like Texas that got all that old money out there, if we can't compete with them. We're going to lose a lot of players to start. Special
1: yeah, you're going to lose some, and, and I'm with you. I've been saying since even before NIL went in that it was going to be a problem. I knew it wasn't going to be about name, image, and likeness. Anybody that had that objectively looked at the situation knew it was going to be a pay-for-play, and that's oh, what it is. Okay. This, very few of these oh. young men are getting money because of they're doing commercials or endorsements. Most of them are getting money because they're getting paid straight by the school. That's just the reality of it. uh, But who is is going to do what? That's my question. Who is going to do what? I mean, so far, nobody's been able to do anything. So um, I I just, you know, I'm with you. I wish there there was something that could be done, but I don't know who's going to do it and I don't know what they're going to be able to do.
4: Well, it's going to be left up to the fans. The coaches are not going to do it. The fans have to put some pressure on the NCAA about what's going on in college sports now. You just put them up on the chopping block and let them be bought. That's not what football should be. That's nope. not what sports should be. Amateur sport is no longer amateur. It's no, not at, all. not at all. In our colleges now. And if we don't change that, it's only going to get worse. You've got Texas who can buy any player off any team they want because they have the funds. So where does that well mess up?
1: Yeah, I, it is messed up, and I think that as you know, with Nick Saban here, I think he was over, over, able to overcome some NIL situations because I think there were a lot of young men that still wanted to play for him, regardless. Um, And, you know, Alabama did not have to pay probably as much in NIL as some other schools did. But, you know, he's not here anymore. So it is going to be an adjustment. I know they're working hard to get their collective up to speed and uh, compete. And But the reality of it is for some of these families, you're right, it is going to be exactly about how much money can I get. And that's going to be the number one overriding concern. So if you're offering X amount and somebody else is offering more, Odds are they're probably going to get that player. So I'm with you, Linda. I, I, I think it stinks. But right now, it's the system that we have.
4: It's the system that we have, but it doesn't mean we can't change it. And I thank you for your time.
1: Yes, you. Uh, thank you, Linda. Very good call. And I think you're right on. I do. I agree. And uh, But like you, and I've been saying this, uh, you, know, you can track it, Justin. You know I've been saying this since before it was even put in. I saw this train wreck coming when people were sitting up on television and on podcasts, they oh, know this will be the best thing that's ever happened. Players will finally get to be compensated for their name, image and likeness. I thought, yeah, right. You know, and initially there was, you know, a little bit of a dog and pony show with, you know, they would, they would pull these guys out and let them, you know, you'd see some couple of players serving, you know, chicken fingers or something at a restaurant or, you know, supposedly represent a company and you still will see, you know, commercials occasionally, but for the most part, um, uh, Companies aren't reaching out to these young men for endorsement deals. The schools are paying these players. Period. And um uh, it's it's what we have. It's all about money now at every level. I mean, you've got um you've got coaches making a ton of money, administrators making a ton of money, players making a ton of money, schools making money, um, television's paying record amounts of money. So as long as that money is rolling in, I don't know that um anything's going to be done to curb it you know so we'll see all right it is 919 here on the gary here show 205-342-9904 205-342-9904 is the number on the first and main main kind of any hotline drudy Armin coming up at the bottom of the hour and uh, we will continue to talk sports on the gary here so we'll be right back after this Hot!
0: This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood. The official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, Wood, Treated Right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Here's more from Alabama football head coach Kalen DeBoer's introductory press conference. I want to make sure our alumni know that I'll embrace them
5: and that this will always be their place. This will always be their home. I know that uh, so many have gone through and played for Coach Saban, and uh, that should not change as far as how they feel about this place and we need you. And uh, you know the investment hours that have been put in by me compared to what has made this place what it is, um, for me, it's very little. And uh, I want to learn the stories. I want to learn all the
0: great moments. Um, I know many of them. I've watched from afar. But I know there's so many behind the scenes and things that are just important to the tradition and the alumni
5: and can't wait to have you here and uh, hear all your great stories um, along the way. But um, you know, I just want to reiterate my excitement. I'll have more in moments.
0: Producing championship quality lumber is not an easy process, but at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide us tonight for Crimson Tide men's basketball against Missouri. Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. with radio coverage across the network starting at 5 p.m. here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
2: Sound Square media weather update. Well, icy roads, especially bridges and overpasses, will continue across West Alabama through the remainder of the day. We'll see a few scattered flurries through about lunchtime, and we should see some sunshine as we make our way into the afternoon. Temperatures are going to remain below freezing all day with readings in the 30s. Bitterly cold tonight, lows 10 to 15 with single-digit wind chills. Warmer temperatures return tomorrow with sunshine, highs approaching 40. Richard Duettig of the Weather Channel.
6: Krispy Kreme is... Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Windy and very cold today, partly to mostly sunny, the high 26. The wind chill index will be in the single digits much of the day. Tonight, a hard freeze, clear with a low at 11. And tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine with a high at 37. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 18 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering
0: sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9.
1: All right, it's nine twenty three. Welcome back into the Gary Harris show. We're going to keep the uh, phone calls going. Let's uh, get back out on the First Bank Hotline and welcome Turner in from up in South Carolina. Hey, Turner, good morning.
7: Hey, Gary, how are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. You know, uh, talking about NIL, and I, I agree with you. It's um, you know, I don't have anything against the players. The players getting you know a piece of it. Uh, because they do help generate it, and that was the original argument anyways, I believe, at the beginning You're... of talking about paying, mm-hmm. hey, the universities and the TV networks and the merchandise, they you know—they they get all this money from the backs of these players, and the players don't get anything. And I, I fully agree with that argument, but the players are really not – are they getting any of that TV and revenue and revenue that's No, I don't think they are, are they? They're- well, n- n- not really.
1: Just, listen, there just needs to be some structure, Turner. I think that's what we're all saying. You know, if, if these right. if these guys are going to be employees, and that's basically the way they're being treated now, uh, then there needs to be some type of salary structure. And, and you know, uh, I, I'm sorry, this is not pro sports. But one, one player doesn't need to be making $2 million, and then one player that's also on scholarship making nothing. You know, there needs to be some type of equitable uh, cash pool. Uh, like you said, maybe from TV revenue or from something else. Now, again, I'm with you. Anything they can make in name, image, and likeness more power to them. In other words, if there's a company that sees the quarterback at Alabama and says, hey, I want you to endorse my product, I want you to represent our firm, and we're going to pay you to do it, that's great. But as far as these players that are just being paid by collectives and by the university, there needs to be some type of salary structure. and uh, but, We need to get they need some type of Plan in place, like you said, so everybody gets a little something, not just selected right. players.
7: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is is that, I mean, even with let, – let's say you take revenue from Georgia and Alabama game next season, right, and you give each player on the roster point zero 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 percent of whatever it is, right, so it's fair and equitable across the board from that game, okay? Mm-hmm. What, what's the stop – what's the stop someone to say, let's say um, – Julian's saying, you know, he's a sophomore and he's red hot, and he's making, let's say, a half a million dollars in endorsements. Then another school says, well, you know, you can come play for us, and we can give you two million dollars in endorsements. To me, that that's like, that's like a, a competitive advantage per se, right? Um, yeah.
1: Um, Well, the problem is, Turner, they're not even, you know, these schools aren't even saying we're going to give you, you know, it's endorsements. They're just flat out just saying this is what we can pay you. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, in most cases, endorsing something has nothing to do with what these players are getting paid. It's strictly money that's raised by the school and it's just a straight payment. I mean, in other words, um, you know, when Isaiah Bond went to Texas, from what my understanding is he was guaranteed a certain amount of money and it had nothing to do with, well, you have to come out here and, you have to do a certain amount of appearances for this company, or you have to do a commercial for this company. No, it was just strictly, this is what we can pay you to come to Texas, period. So, yeah, um, you know, name, image, and likeness is one thing. Like you said, when you're profiting from, you know, your name, image, and likeness, but just being paid money to come play for a school, that's that's a totally different deal. And that's what we've morphed into. And, I, you know, as it started mainly in the recruiting process, um, but now it's for current players and, and players are being – and another thing about this, you're not supposed to contact someone through until they go in the portal. We know that's a bunch of hogwash. We know players are getting contacted every day that aren't in the portal. Plus, now with the coach leaving, the portal immediately opens up. Like the caller said earlier, you know Alabama players now can be contacted, but Alabama player, Al- Alabama coaches can't contact other players supposedly because the portal is open for Alabama because Saban just left. It'll be open at South Alabama. Think about South Alabama, a much smaller school. They're about to lose their head coach. And, um, right. you know, they're going to they're gonna get hit with the portal. And, and they don't have near the talent level that Alabama does. So it's a mess. It's what we've talked about, Turner. It's a mess. And, you know, as we keep saying something needs to be done, but I continue to say, and I've said this since day one who is going to do it and what are they going to do? That's the question. Not that we need to do something. We know we need to do something, but who's going to do what? Nobody stepped up and answered that question yet. Not the NCAA, not the government, not college administrators. Administrators. So we just continue down this road because there's nobody that can do anything about it.
7: Well, the, the, the problem is is that when, when someone comes up with a solution, then a player or two says, oh, well, I'm going to sue and lawyer up. And that's the problem. Is, is
1: that- yeah, well, like I said, the genie's out of the bottle, man. Like I mean, that's the that that's the thing. You know, once once Pandora's box was open, there there's not a single player or parent or anybody else that says we want to go back to the old system. And I'm not talking about going back to the old system, but there's not anybody that's saying we want some structure because parents are saying, Hey man, this is my opportunity, not just for my son or my daughter, but for us as a family to make as much money as we can. And there may not be a professional Uh, career for my son or my daughter but we can make a lot of money right now so we don't want any rules and we don't want any any restrictions and you know just because we signed with your school and we had one good year there and we made a hundred thousand dollars at your school now we got another school offering us a half million dollars so we got to go it is it's it's like lane kiffin said it's unrestricted free agency it's free agency with absolutely no rules in place hey great call turner i gotta run man thank you all right have a good one gary roll time you too. All right, let's get Jim in real quick before we go to the break. Hey, Jim. Hey, you know, this because the transfer portal is closed. Them players that's already in it can sign at any time. So. No, Alabama players can join on the portal right now, today. That portal is open for Alabama players because when a coach leaves, the players the portal opens up. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is this. Players from other teams that's already in the por- portal that got in on time, they can sign with any team at any yeah, time. Yeah, they can. That's they fine. can, but you can't go in the portal now unless you're at a school that just lost its coach. In other words, if you're a Alabama can't recruit players from other schools that aren't in the portal. And they can only recruit players that are in the portal. And you can't go in the portal now unless there is a special circumstance. So Alabama that's is really limited because deal. they can have well players, they can have thirty players go in the portal today, Jim, and there's nothing they can do about it.
8: So yeah, that's yeah, that's the, the, the difference. The, 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 yeah, but if there's a defensive back somewhere that's already in the
1: portal, they can try to get that player. So they're not shut out from trying to add people to the team now. Yeah, they're not shut out, but there's nobody else that can go in the portal. In other words, if there's not a defensive back in the portal that you like and as good as what you got, you're not going to sign a guy just to sign a guy. I mean, you're not going to well, he's in the portal. Let's no, grab no. him. So your, your pool is more limited than what you're losing. So that's just the reality of it. I mean, Alabama had you know Trey Amos went in the portal last night. He projected to be a starter here, and he's leaving. You're not gonna, you're probably not gonna find another starter uh, that's in the portal right now because most of the top guys that went in the portal have already had destinations. So I'm not disagreeing with you, but to think you're gonna find the caliber of player in the portal to replace what you're losing is is ridiculous because there aren't many schools that recruit at the same level that Alabama does. No, but let's go over 500 people in the portal. You know that of uh, the uh, you know. Uh, the the, the uh, the you know, eight hundred count and no, the other conferences and all, but so there's people that you know that you don't, you never know, you never know who's on Bama that's leading is going to pan out, you know, you don't really know, you just you just don't know. But at least there there is some opportunity, you know. Yeah, well, they got a good roster. Like I said, they're going to have a good roster. Um, I don't like the rule that there should be a portal window and that portal window should be the same for everybody. And just because you have a coach leave doesn't mean you should open up the portal for that school because sure, there's going to be emotional knee jerk reactions. Like I said, at South Alabama. Now they're losing their coach. You know, you're going to have guys that would probably go into the portal, but if they had time to think about it, may not. So I just, I'm, I'm for universal rules. I'm for rules to be the same for everybody. And, um, you know, we're we're just you know, we're lacking rules right now, Jim, and it's a mess. I, I don't care what anybody says, this portal has turned into a mess. And um that's just the reality of it. Well I saw where y'all was I was worried. I saw where y'all having a uh, program lineup change, and the first thing I thought maybe you went into the portal, so I'm glad to see you still here. <laughs> no, I'm uh I'm I guess I got a long term contract here in Tuscaloosa as long as I've been here, Jim. God <laughs> right, man. All right. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right, man. Have a good day. All right. We got to get to the break, and we'll come back with uh, the Rocket Man, Drudy Armin, next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Tune into as free has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and Three special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and Three vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick. And- and Spoon downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build your own Bloody Marys and mimosas open daily 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. available for after hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate, director of golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201.
9: Old Colony is operated by Para 365 24/7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're
7: making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. And now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters
2: association and this station
0: eli gold chris stewart and roger hoover live right here tide 100.9 is a proud partner of the crimson tide sports network
7: Intro
1: music for one Drew DeArmond from 977 ESPN Radio in Huntsville. But the Rocket Man is a no-show at this point. We have the music, but we don't have Drew. And uh, Justin's going to keep trying him. I don't know what the the situation is. I'm sure there's a good reason he's not available. But uh, maybe we can get him on in the next segment. But it is what it is. Live radio doesn't stop when a guest doesn't uh, doesn't make it. So we'll continue to uh, have the program here. At uh, hundred point nine and 1230 a.m. WTVC. So phone lines are open. Since we, if we get Drew in, we'll get him on. If not, uh, we'll carry on, soldier on, 205 342 9904. 205 342 the number to the first domain condominiums hotline. All right. Someone asked me, sent me a social media uh, message. So this is give me an opportunity to get this in anyway about the staff overall, uh, not just uh, the hire of, of Kane Womack, which is pending. But again, there are no official announcements as far as staff members at the University of Alabama. But let me tell you what I do know, uh, what we expect at least. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, we expect Kane Womack from South Alabama to be the defensive coordinator. His dad, Dave Womack, longtime uh, SEC assistant, uh, worked at Arkansas, worked at Ole Miss, also worked uh, at, at Southern Mississippi uh, outside of the SEC, a number of different stops, well-respected, longtime uh, assistant coach. So Kane Womack comes from a football family. I think I think Kane is 36 years old, but already three years of coaching experience, coordinator coordinator experience at the uh, power five level, and we are also expecting that Freddie Roach will remain, uh, former Alabama linebacker, a defensive line coach at Alabama. I, I guess he'll coach the defensive line. Uh, he might could be put into another uh, position, but right now we're expecting Freddie Roach to remain as the uh, defensive line coach at the Alabama uh, program. On the offensive side of the ball, it looks like Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator at Washington, who was hired uh, by Kalen DeBoer but also was offered a job last year by Nick Saban before Tommy Reese was hired. It looks like Ryan Grubb will be coming over as the offensive coordinator. It looks like that uh, DeBoer will also be bringing his offensive line coach Scott Huff his tight ends coach, Nick Sheridan, and his wide receivers coach, Demarcus Shepard. And it also appears that Robert Gillespie, Alabama running backs coach, will remain in his position coaching running backs for the Crimson Tide. Jeff Allen tweeted out that he's going to remain as the head athletic trainer. I think that's good news for a lot of Alabama fans. And David Ballou, who worked with DeBoer and with Womack at Indiana, is going to remain as the head strength and conditioning coach. It also appears that Ellis Ponder, director of football operations for Nick Saban, will have a role on this staff with Kayla DeBoer as well. So that's that's what we know. Um, That's the coaching rundown as we have it right now. So there are still several positions to be filled. And we'll keep you up to date on those, but that is the that's the latest right now. I guess there's still no Drew. Ha huh, Justin. <laughs> we can't get him. Yeah, so, still still
0: no. Uh,
1: oh, and maybe we can get him later in the show. I don't know what's uh, what's going on there, but we'll keep uh, we'll keep trying him. And we've got uh, an opportunity there in the second hour to get him on as well if we need to. So anyway, the the coaching situation for De um, DeBoer is fluid i mean it always is and i we live in a microwave society man alive you know we want answers yesterday you know we i I think there are some fans that DeBoer got hired uh you know i think he agreed to you know uh greg byrne went up there on a thursday um then on a friday night he flies in deborah does to tuscaloosa he has an introductory press conference on saturday and a lot of people are like well where's the staff you know, we want the staff now. We want the staff hired. And, you know, I think it's amazing that he has worked as fast as he has to, you know, pretty much have this this staff uh on its way to being completed. You gotta give it a little bit of time. You know, there was a hiccup yesterday, uh, when Tavares Robinson decided to, I guess, remain at Georgia. He'd been he'd been, you know, defensive back coach at Alabama. And then Kirby swooped in and he agreed to go to Georgia. Then you had a situation on Sunday where Coach DeBoer met with Javaris Robinson and tried to convince him to stay as the defensive coordinator. It looked like for quite some time that he was going to come back, remain however you want to phrase it at Alabama as the defensive coordinator, but that didn't happen. And then that led to the pursuit of Kane Womack as the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And as we have said, it, uh, it looks like that, you know, deal is going to happen. So um, it's never perfect. You know, I I don't think there's any doubt that. um, Aylan DeBoer and Alabama worked hard to get Traveris Robinson, who not only is a very good defensive coach, but is an outstanding recruiter and has had tremendous success recruiting for Alabama. You know, he had the opportunity to stay here in a upgraded position for a lot of money. And he chose not to do that. So that's part of it too. I mean, you know, coaches move a lot. It's an industry where there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a very nomadic existence. If you will, these guys are nomads to some degree. Very rarely do you have coaches stay in one place for a long time. It does happen. Sometimes we just saw it with Nick Saban. But it's not always uh, always the co- the case. All right, uh, let's jump out on the first and Main kind of condominiums hotline and visit with Roy. Hey, Roy. Good morning. Good morning.
8: How are you today? I'm doing well. All right. I, I have questions about their the psychological department. Um, are those counselors
5: remaining the same? That was a really uh, intrinsic value to the players. I know, especially with the type of stresses that they have.
1: All right, say that again Roy you talking about the 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 support staff the uh the psych- yes, the uh, they had done a little report on um,
5: the psychological program that they had there the like psych- a psychiatric
1: program that they had Oh yeah it's there. one of the best it's yeah. one of the best in the country for for athletes yeah uh, you know my expectation would be that that would be uh kept intact you know uh I, if it's working well that's not the type of a program where coaches traditionally will come in and, and make changes, uh, per se. And, uh, if it's, if it's successful and it's, it's, you know, and Alabama's got the best support program in the country. I think, in fact, a lot of these support programs, whether it be psychological or sleep or nutrition or any of these things that you yeah. see around the country, uh, Nick Staben was one of the first to install those. So Alabama's kind of been, uh, the gold standard as far as how you put a program together with all of the support aspects of it, not just the football coaches. So, yeah, Roy, it would be my expectation that that, that um, those type of people would probably remain. And if they were to leave, then they would be replaced with someone else. I'm sure that's very highly qualified as well. well that's good. Because, uh, you know, yeah, I know they stole a lot
5: of programs from us. Like, when our guys get injured, I know that champ thing was first
8: done at Alabama in our engineering department. So they would steal other program from too. But that's good. But thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Roy. Good call. Always good to hear from you. And, yeah, you know, you look at – there's been so many innovations that Alabama has had under Nick Saban in regards to not just on the field but all of the things that go with running a big-time college football program. And, yeah, just the the medical tents. That was something that Jeff Allen and, and, and folks at Alabama uh, put together and then we're the first to do that. Now it's everywhere. You know, you you go on the sideline. And you don't have to go into the locker room. And if it's really serious, obviously you go into the locker room. But if you know the doctors and the trainers need privacy, they just you know they just take them in the tent. And now it's used by uh it's uh, everybody. All right, we we've got to get to the break here. It's nine forty six. I don't know what's happened with Drew, but uh, hopefully. Uh We'll get him on later on in the show. All right, we're going to get to our break, and uh, we'll come back and we'll get to Tom on the first and main kind of of hotline. Hey, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, it's a great time to join. It's a new year, and um it's cold outside, so you get in the Y, and it's warm and start getting ready for the summer, and there is no joining fee. The entire month of January, no joining fee. Just go down to the Y, start your membership, and start paying your monthly dues and get to work on you, for 2024. I will be back with more phone calls next right here on the Gary Harris Show.
2: Town Square media weather update. Well, icy roads, especially bridges and overpasses, will continue across West Alabama through the remainder of the day. We'll see a few scattered flurries through about lunchtime, and we should see some sunshine as we make our way into the afternoon. Temperatures are going to remain below freezing all day with readings in the 30s. Bitterly cold tonight, lows 10 to 15 with single-digit wind chills. Warmer temperatures return tomorrow with sunshine, highs approaching 40. Richard Duellic the Weather Channel.
0: Coming up up. on the game with Ryan Fowler.
2: Coming up on the Tuesday edition of the game, we'll do
9: freezing cold takes. We'll feature Mike Detillier. We're going to take your phone calls right here, starting at 2 p.m. on the game on Tide 100.9, 1230. WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.
0: The longest running sports program in Tuscaloosa, The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Krispy Kreme
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Windy
6: and very cold today, partly to mostly sunny, the high 26. The wind chill index will be in the single digits much of the day. Tonight, a hard freeze, clear with the low at 11. And tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine with a high at 37. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 18 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show.
0: For Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Nine
1: fifty-one. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Let's jump back out on the first of main condominium kind of hotline and talk with our pal Tom. Hey, Tom. Gary. <clears throat> Excuse me. How are you this morning? Well, I'm doing all right. I'm disappointed that, that Drew's a no show on us, but uh, I'm trying to try to find out what's what's going on with him. But
8: I'm okay. What about you? Well, I'm good. Thanks for asking. Uh, the uh, The coach from South Alabama, Coach walmart who was the, I, I believe the head coach there, is uh, looks like it, that we're going to hire him as defensive coordinator you know, the weird thing about that is that uh, I don't know why, but uh, for some reason, and I didn't know it at the time, and I didn't know it until I started looking at his resume, that he was a defensive coordinator at Indiana. And uh, the paper said when uh, uh, Coach DeBoer was the offensive coordinator at Indiana, is that correct? Yeah, Muhammad was the defensive coordinator
1: in Indiana from 2018 to 2020, and uh, Demore was the offensive coordinator in 2019. So they were together, and David Valu was the head strength coach there. Right, so, right. So uh, all three of them were together there in that one year in 2019. Uh, you know, for Coach DeBoer, he spent one year there. He got the Fresno State job. Uh, he was two years the head coach there, 20 and 21, then two years the head coach at Washington, and 2022 and 2023, and now here he is the head coach at the university of Alabama and Kane Womack is going to be his defensive coordinator. It's a small world, uh, anyway, and it's even a smaller world in coaching. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's been a meteoric rise really for, um, both these guys, you know, I mean, you figure right. Kane Womack, I think is only 36 years old and he's already the defensive coordinator at Alabama. And, and, uh, you know, you got a guy in Kalen DeBoer who let's just be honest about it, <laughs> you know, not that long ago, just a few, few years ago. Um, you know, most of us have never heard of Kaelin DeBoer, you know, even when he was the head coach at Fresno. And it's really just been in the last couple of years that he's come into our public consciousness. And now here he is heading up the, 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 you know, the top program in college football. So it's
8: a, uh, it's wild ride for, for both these guys. I agree. And, uh, and, and, you know, so goes the coaching world now that we uh that we're privileged to observe, uh, you know, we see that quite often that kind of movement and that kind of rise and stuff like that. And, and, and good, you know, good for them, uh, that their career takes off like that. Uh, I I admire them for being able to uh, capitalize on, on, uh, on their success. And, uh, but you know, the thing about it is, I, I really don't know, uh, what kind of uh, defensive philosophy uh, Coach Wallman has, or anything like that. But you know, I've been under the impression, uh, and I heard Martin Houston say this on Ryan Fowler's show yesterday, and I agree with this. Yes. And uh, and I know I've been outspoken about some of this. I'm gonna quit that because uh, you know it irritates uh, some of the hosts on on the on the shows here when you come out and you blast these. Uh, assistant coaches that live down the street from one of the hosts or so. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, and they get offended if you criticize them. And it's not personal. It's just the product that they have uh, repeatedly put on the field has not been very good on the defensive side of the ball. I think anybody will agree with that. And uh, and I was interested. Uh, and, and And Martin said, you know, we need to quit being so predictable on defense. And, and we need some changes on defense. I agree with that. And I wanted to hear what you and I wanted to ask you and Drew that same question uh, this morning. And get your take on that. Well, uh,
1: you know, first of all, as far as Womack is concerned, Tom, uh, he, he has been a proponent uh, of a 4 uh, 2 His dad, Dave, was, was a guy that, that did that. It, it was really a very effective against spread offenses. That's kind of what it was designed for. And uh, you know, now we've got a lot of teams that aren't running spread anymore. So I I, I have to look back at what he did uh recently at South Alabama. But I know when he was at Indiana, he uh he ran the four two five and you know had pretty good success with it. So uh as far as needing to improve the defense at Alabama, yeah, I, I think it could be better. I thought this year it was pretty good. I mean it was a you know, it was top twenty Uh, A defense And I thought it was improved Over the defense in 2022 But uh, But The standard that Saban set When he got here That defense um, You know We haven't seen that type of defense In the last Last few years Having said that We don't see that type of defense Hardly at all Anymore Because of the offensive prowess And the rules Being the way that they are But Yeah I'm hopeful That uh, I'm hopeful that the defense Will be better statistically Under Kane Womack I I, I am And um you know, I'm hoping that they'll come in here and get a system in place. And if it is a four-two-five 2 five type scheme, uh, that would be very, very good for, you know, defensive backs. I know that, for safeties. So if you're, uh, uh, you know, if you're Caleb Downs or some of these guys, you might want to look to stick around. So, all right, got to close out this first hour. Thank you, Tom, so much for the phone Thank call. And uh, hopefully we'll get Drew on here in the second hour. I may try to call him during the break find out what's going on. But this hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. The second hour of the Gary Harris Show is coming up. So keep it dialed in right here at Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WCBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide109.com. Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big-screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarasco's with
0: locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Here's Nick Cope.
9: News this morning in the NFL. Eagles center Jason Kelsey reportedly told teammates and coaches after their loss last night to the Buccaneers that he is retiring after 13 seasons in the league. Kelsey was named an All-Pro six times and a Pro Bowler seven times. In college football, Yahoo Sports says Jim Harbaugh continues to have extension talks with Michigan while interviewing for NFL jobs. One of the sticking points for Harbaugh is that he wants language in the contract that would grant him immunity from being fired for any findings stemming from multiple ongoing NCAA investigations. The deal would reportedly pay Harbaugh $11.5 million per year over six years. Reports say Arizona is targeting San Jose State's Brett Brennan to be its next head coach and in the nba the athletic reports bucks for jay crowder has been cleared to return to the lineup tomorrow
0: now this hour is west alabama real-time news update from the tuscaloosa thread newsroom
2: Shelton State and the University of Alabama the latest to delay classes tomorrow on Tuesday January 16th ahead of the incoming threat of winter weather in West Alabama. Tuscaloosa City Schools will delay operations Tuesday morning as forecast call for winter weather and regionally extreme cold temperatures Monday night. Tuscaloosa County Schools have announced that they will close on Tuesday, January 16th and all extracurricular activities are canceled for the 16th as well. Governor Kay Ivey has declared a state emergency for many alabama counties ahead of an approaching winter storm the incoming storm system is expected to bring freezing rain prolonged freezing temperatures icy roads and snow
0: get 24 7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free tuscaloosa thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters the Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide Insider TV. Crimson Tide Kickoff. Play-by-play for Alabama Sports and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show. On your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go everybody. Hour number 2, the Gary Harris Show, the Frozen
1: Tuesday edition is still really really cold and there's still some ice around on the roads, sidewalks, parking lots. So be careful out there uh, in this uh, in this wintry weather, although it's uh, clearing up. And it's going to be really, really cold, but we're not expecting any more precipitation today. So uh, we should be good to go. This hour, the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer Attorneys and Law. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. That's what Paul Patterson and Mike Comer provide you, not just uh, uh, a telephone lawyer where you talk on the phone and you never even get to meet your attorney. Uh-uh. That's not the way it works. When you uh go into a partnership with Patterson Comer, uh you'll be with them every step of the way and they'll be with you every step of the way, even if you have to go into the courtroom. Uh that's the way they do business. I uh, I speak highly of these lawyers, not just as attorneys, but as gentlemen as well. Paul Patterson, Mike Comer, Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, Patterson Comer Law Firm dot com.
9: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
1: Well, we've already played Rocket Man, so there's no need to play it again. But uh, glad to have Drew DeArmond with us. Uh, not, I don't always say that. It's not always better late than never. But in Drew's case, it really is. Glad to have him on here this morning here to lead off this second hour. Good morning, Drew. Good morning, Gary.
10: Uh, good to be with you. Um, it's... Uh, we're frozen in here over in uh, Huntsville. Uh, I, the last time I checked uh, the temperature, I think it was ten degrees, um, uh, and uh, we did get some snow. Now we, my good friend Brett Beard, I did not get as much as he did in the Shoals. Uh, I have a message from him. I think they got uh, four inches of snow. Wow! Uh, wow! And it might, and it might not. And I'm looking at a photo of his front yard, so uh they they and as you know he does the radio program in the afternoons of his own but uh with the way the weather has looked and the uh with how cold it's going to be uh the the issue is and you were just telling your listeners about you know the ice melting well it's not going to get out of the 20s today here according to what i what i've uh, seen so i don't think it will in the shoals either so they, they, he may be off for several days. So we, we certainly didn't have a show today. And I, I, I at ninety-seven-seven the zone. Uh, I apologize to your listeners for, um, you know, not being on at nine thirty this morning. But kind of weather kind of played some havoc there. We got some. We got we got power on though. We're good and uh, just very interesting. We we're not used to the frozen thunder here uh, in Alabama. And I know I. I I actually did see something in, when I was up in the wee hours that I think it was 18 degrees in Tuscaloosa, but I guess the one thing that's consistent there is luckily for you guys, uh, you didn't get a lot of the snow, got some ice, but yeah, it's it's a little bit dicey here weather-wise in the rocket city.
1: Yeah. Sounds like y'all got hit hard and you're right here. We very rarely get any frozen precip in Tuscaloosa and we got a little bit of a wintry mix now. Um, yeah, on on sidewalks and and uh, stairs, you know, and and parking lots, and obviously the roads. You have to be careful. But uh, but boy, it sounds like y'all got hit pretty good. Well, we're glad you're with us now, and and uh, let's jump in to you know. Obviously, the big story uh, in the state is Alabama football right now. The transition from Nick Saban to to De DeBoer. Before we get to the staff and, and the portal and all the things that are going on. Nil. Just your uh, your impressions of. Kalen DeBoer, he and his family flew in here Friday night, at an introductory press conference on Saturday. He has not stopped. I know he was in the office Sunday, all day, a long, long day. Same yesterday, same today. Uh, you know, no room. I know. I know his wife is out looking, uh, already looking for homes. Uh, but he has been nothing but work. Um, you know, oriented so far. Just your impressions of the hire of Kalen
10: DeBoer in and, and his first few days on the job? Well, I mean, we, we kind of knew this was going to be a situation due to the craziness in college football right now, but this is going to be how he had to get the ground running because, um, you know, the NIL is, has not been regulated yet. It needs to be. There needs to be guardrails. Um, the transfer portal in many ways doesn't make a lot of sense because, it's only open right now for Alabama, Arizona, uh, you know, and and Washington teams that you know just had coaching changes. A lot of others, uh, it's closed, and so it's a little bit insane in that way. Uh, now, uh, you can Alabama can be recruiting any player that's within the portal already, but but the funny thing is, uh, you know, in some cases. Uh, there, there's uh, a lot of uh, schools that they're off limit to. So it's really weird. Uh, I think they're going to need to change the rules. But as we've seen, uh, Alabama has lost guys into the portal since the coaching change. Uh, they may get some of those guys back. It's interesting because um, Alabama has not finished naming their coaching staff. The offensive staff seems to be completely intact. Uh, And it's an impressive group. I mean, uh, I thought going in that Alabama, there was probably a group of four coaches on the staff that I thought had a chance to be retained uh, by Kalen DeBoer. Two of them have uh, Freddie Roach and, of course, Robert Gillespie. Uh, Freddie Roach being very likely the defensive line coach, Uh, Robert Gillespie, the running back. I thought Robert Bala, the inside linebacker's coach, at a an opportunity but you know we, we he hasn't finished that uh you know the uh the defensive staff but kane womack uh who was hired as the defensive coordinator and had been the head coach at south alabama the last few seasons i think his background is as an inside linebackers coach i think that probably feels the the fact that robert Ball will be moving on uh and, and will not you know be back so I thought, you know, uh, that, that that ended up not happening. So uh, you're thinking, okay, well, uh, we'll see who else might get an opportunity to
8: uh,
10: come back and, uh, you know, be a part of this staff. But, you know, I thought overall uh, that, uh, you know, I, I his offensive staff was so good, I figured the majority of those guys would come with him. But you knew Ryan Grubb uh, had interest from Nick Saban a year ago. Uh, you know, but the thing about that is, is that, uh, you know, he, he figured he'd be a candidate for head coaching jobs, especially at Washington, but they decided to move quickly for Jed Fish. So they got Ryan Grubb. So, so far, you know, things have gone pretty much according to plan, you know, like I thought they would. I just thought overall, if there was a few staff members on this, and then I thought Joe Cox, the tight ends coach, might have a chance to be retained, but. Dick Sheridan uh, came with him from Washington. So, but again, that offensive staff, as I explained on my social media account, you know, there were some people that uh, you know have uh, you know that they've expressed concern. But I mean, this offensive staff, and I thought Alabama had a good one last year. Gary Alabama had a good offense, but the the Washington offense is was as good as any in college football. And, and continuity is important to a coach, and and he's had a lot of these guys with him. Uh, you know, including Grubb at almost every stop. So he's going to want guys he's very, uh, you know, uh, comfortable with. Scott Huff, his offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. They were very, very good last year. The thing is, what's interesting is defensively. You know what? What was you wondered what he would do? Uh, as of the, this morning, uh, it, the only two that were for for a fact are Kane Womack uh, and Freddie Roach. We'll see who's going to fill out the other. Three spots or so, uh, you know. Chuck Morrill, I was, I had been hearing he would be coming. He'd be the only defensive coach coming from the other side. But now I've also heard possibly he could be staying at Washington. So, uh, you know, with dead fish, so it's going to be interesting uh, to see how he fills out his coaching staff. But I guess to make a long story short, it's got to happen quickly though because of the transfer portal. Because uh, some some of these guys unfortunately, aren't even waiting to see who the new staff is that's hired. They're going into the portal now. Doesn't mean like a Damari Nye Blacks and the Trey Ames just can't come back, but it just also heightens things because you know the system is kind of broken right now, Gary, and there's a lot of tampering going on and Kaylin DeBoer, as you were at the press conference like I was, he even made mention of that, so Mm -hmm. we've got to get everybody in place quickly because you're wanting to keep the majority of this uh, roster together because it's still one of the strongest in college football.
1: Drew, um, listen, this is this is a weird time in collegiate athletics, man. It's no holds barred. We know that, yeah, and uh, it's crazy, even with coaches. And and you look at Travaris Robinson, who did a good job a couple years under Nick Saban. With the secondary, there's a lot of discussion, and I believe it's true, that he, he really kind of called the defenses uh, this past season. And Kevin Steele and Coach Saban were the overseers, but but he was calling the defenses. And he was in line uh, here uh, to, to meet with Coach DeBoer. And the next thing you know, Kirby Smart swoops in, and he's taking a position in Georgia. But then Coach DeBoer got on board and wanted to meet with him and spent a lot of time meeting with him. And he had an offer. He had an offer to be the defensive coordinator here for a big pay raise, and he wound up, whether you call it going to Georgia, State at Georgia, whatever. But a weird series of events there. Uh, what do you make of, of what happened with uh, first with uh, Traveris Robinson? And we'll get to Kane Womack here after that, but just uh, uh, kind of a weird set of circumstances with uh, Traveris Robinson, and now he's in Georgia.
10: Yeah, I mean, it, it, what I tried to point out to people yesterday who were wondering – you know, how he could turn down Alabama. Well, he was going to leave before Nick Saban retired. I mean, from, from what I was told, he had, he had already, uh, and that was one of Dick Saban's frustrating sticking points. One of the things that led to his retirement is he tried to hire Bo Davis. That didn't happen. He ended up going to LSU, uh, and then he tried to hire Sir Barry or, or I should say from, you know, give him a raise and a title and, wanted him to have a role. I, I don't know if he was going to be the D.C., maybe the co-D.C. under Coach Saban, but uh, he didn't want to commit either because of uh, said uh, issues, thinking Nick Saban was going to retire within the next year. So that frustrated Coach. And So, uh, you know, he was going to leave. That was the word I had. And like you said, uh, Coach Saban retired. Uh, then Traveris Robinson was announced uh, as Georgia's co defensive coordinator and safety's coach. Uh, and so, but as you said, Kevin DeBoer got named. He made a, a run at Trevarius because he's done a great job as a recruiter. I think when you look at Trevarius's career, he had, he was a DC under Will Muschamp from 2016 to 2020 at South Carolina. Uh, that's been that was his opportunity. But uh, but again, I don't think overall. I think when you look at Trevarius's career, he's a really good quarterbacks coach and a great recruiter. Uh, but D.C. is to be determined, but certainly I think Kalen DeBoer knew how uh, instrumental he was in putting together the roster. Uh, he's very close to Caleb Uh He's also uh, very close to Ryan Williams that he had been committed, and he, and he made a run at him and uh, made him a substantial offer, very likely as D.C., but I think there's a couple things you need to look at. One, uh, you know, he doesn't know Kalen DeBoer very well, and I know he's tried to get to know him, uh, but the one, the one key thing that I mentioned yesterday is, if you look at Traverius Robinson's career, he played for Will Muschamp at Auburn. Will Muschamp got his game the start in coaching, and he has been, except for uh, you know the couple years at Alabama, and then uh, the uh, the year at, at Miami, uh, Traverius Robinson has had his entire career, he's been wherever Will Muschamp has been. Uh, he is. They're very, very tight. I've heard Will's going to move off the field to an analyst role, but he is at Georgia, and I think that probably played a part in this. No question about it. Uh, with the and, I, and certainly, I don't know his salary at Georgia, but I'm sure it's significant. I think he's going to be a co-DC with uh, with Glenn Schumann, but I just think it, you know but, uh, the timing and the circumstances. I think played a big part in it. But I'll just say this. I think Alabama still came out in a very, very good spot. And uh, I, I really like the hire of Kane Womack.
1: Well, let's get to Womack because uh, I'm familiar with his dad, Dave. Um, David yeah. spent some time at, at Ole Miss, at Southern Miss, Arkansas. Um, and and I've kind of just watched Kane Womack from afar. I think he's done a nice job at South Alabama. There's no doubt. They're sick. Uh, I've, I've talked to a couple of people there in Mobile. Dude, you probably have too. They're they're sick about this, man. They you know, the timing's bad. They love the guy. He's done a great job there. They paid him over eight hundred thousand dollars a year, which for South Alabama is really good money. And um they he did a great job. Now, as far as being the defensive coordinator at Alabama, again, I, I I haven't paid too much attention to him. I know his dad was a proponent of the the four two five, which uh really is, is been effective against spreads and i and i know that's what he ran at indiana i don't know for sure if they've morphed into something else but there'll be a lot of people that will tell you that the 4 5 is not a nfl friendly defense you're going to have a hard time recruiting to it um there'll be others that say man if you're a safety you want to play in the 4-2-5 schematically what do you know about him and, and what do you think will be his approach here at alabama
10: well i think it'll be just what you said it'll be a lot of four-two-five 2 and um, you know, I had somebody, uh, on, on, uh, social media reach out and, and ask, would, would he run Nick Saban's scheme or his own? And I said, well, certainly he'll run his own. I mean, I, I know the fans are so used for 17 years. We, we understand that Nick Saban, uh, never had the same coaching staff, He come back. But as you know, we always used to hear the mantra was well, Nick Saban's offense, Nick Saban's defense, and Nick Saban's special teams. And he would give the coordinators of those units all his playbooks, so uh, everything was tweaked, but nothing ever really completely changed. Well, I think those days are over. It uh, uh, certainly they should be because these—it's a the new head coach with his own philosophy. Uh, this is a you know a new coaching staff, and I would think Kane Womack is going to run that four-two-five. It'll be interesting to see how it works. Uh, because, uh, Alabama has recruited a lot of outside linebackers and edge guys, but I, I think in many ways, uh, they'll be utilized differently. And so we'll see, uh, you know, how, how what they what it looks like on the field. But I think, yeah, it, Kane Womack is very aggressive. The thing that stood out to me the minute I, I heard his name was, and the, it, I started thinking back to this past season, Gary, and, and you remember this as well, um, in the Big 12. One of the games early in the season that really just shocked me and stood out to me was when South Alabama went to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and just absolutely decimated Oklahoma State. And this was an Oklahoma State team that ended up playing in the Big 12 championship game against Uh, Texas. A good team. A really good team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they went to a major bowl game. I believe they won 10 games. And South Alabama just dominated them and, and blew them out. So uh Cade Womack is a very good defensive mind his defense uh, this past year in South Alabama was in the top 15 in the country uh he when he was in Indiana and that's the connection with De DeBoer when they were both coordinators there under Tom Allen in 2019 uh their defense was uh, he ranked 12th in the country that's the whole reason that he was he got hired at South Alabama he had done a good job uh you know in the uh, earlier at South Alabama for a few seasons, running their defense before he went to Indiana to become their coordinator. And then uh, he got hired to be the head football coach of the Jags. They were very, very solid. Uh, You know, in the Sunbelt Conference, they were a bowl team. Uh, I know John Summerall and Troy had some huge battles, some defensive slugfests with South Alabama. And I just think the guys are really, really bright offensive-minded, our defensive mind, pardon me. And I'll just say this. It's pretty significant, and I understand that South Alabama has you know budgetary issues just like Troy did and Troy lost John Summerall, delayed uh, and now Kane Wilmock is going to Alabama but when you can go hire a standing head coach, I think it shows the, the 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 pull of the Alabama job overall as defensive coordinator and it also shows that Alabama is going to be paid very very well and uh, now they'll have to fill in the rest of this defensive staff because you want to keep pieces like Caleb Downs on your team, uh, you know, uh, Jihad Campbell, Deontay Lawson, all these guys. Because, uh, you know, they're going to be in talk too. We we saw Trey Amos going to the portal late last night. Now we'll see if he comes back. But again, I just think overall, I thought it was a very strong signal uh, that uh, the Alabama job is is still extremely coveted. And Cade Womack, you hadn't really thought about him as a possibility, uh, but I just thought it was a very strong move. It's certainly frustrating not to be able to retain Tavares Robinson, but in some ways, you get a more proven defensive coordinator in Cade Womack, in my opinion. So I, I'll, I guess to, to, to surmise, a lot of times, whether it's the transfer portal and your personnel or your coaches, it's how, it, it's this, if you miss on a target, it's how do you react? And I thought Caleb DeBoer reacted in a very strong fashion. Yeah, Drew, real quickly on on Caleb Downs. Uh,
1: you know, let's just tell it like it is. I mean, he's a, he's a difference-making football player. And it's going to be important for Alabama and Womack to retain him uh, if they can. And uh, I don't know why he would leave. He's a freshman All-American. Uh, he is a player that uh, is in a good situation already but there'll be a lot of pressure on him from other schools. Do you think he sticks it out at Alabama or goes into the portal and, and goes somewhere else?
10: Well, I think he's going to stick it out with Alabama. I think he's going to – well, I'll just say, Gary, much like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, who, in my opinion, and I still and I thought Caleb was tremendous last year, I still say for his, his, the entirety of his three seasons, and I'm talking with Minka Fitzpatrick, he played for three national championships and won two of them. I think he was the greatest defensive player of the Saban era. And I expect Mika Fitzpatrick in one in, in one day, he will be in Canton, Ohio as a NFL Hall of Famer. Now, I think Caleb Downs, uh, the reason I'm not going to rank Caleb ahead of Mika is, uh, and this is not his fault, but, you know, Nick Saban retired. And, and we only saw Caleb Downs play for him for one year, but, he had as very very impactful as anybody freshman year. Oh, uh, it's the national freshman of the year, the Sean Alexander Award winner last year, this past season. But I think Alabama understands how important it is to keep Caleb Downs, and I think Caleb Downs is, he he had a very mature approach from you know the jump of getting to Alabama when he when he uh, you know uh, uh, enrolled early and when he got here and, and went through spring and wanted, and won a starting job. I think he's going to be measured about this. I think he's going to wait and see the rest of the coaching staff because he has a full 30 days, Gary, okay? if This is not one of these things where you have to uh, get in the portal as fast as you can. I think he's going to wait and see, uh, you know, wh- what pieces are put in place. I was hearing yesterday, last night, that he wants to stay. I think he does. Uh, but I, And I think Nick Saban will play a role in this too because you know he's been in the building. He's been around the facility. Uh, I'm sure and they have a, a great relationship with Gary Downs, his father, who was an NFL running back. His brother, Josh, is an outstanding young receiver uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. And I think they're going to make a measured decision, and they're going to try to make the best one for Caleb Downs. But if they make the, the prerequisite hires, and, and he gets to know, uh, you know uh, Kane Womack in the next uh, few days, and you just made admission to the listeners that uh, it's a very safety friendly system uh that uh, that uh, what Caleb bullback does and, and the football IQ is so high for Caleb Darrell. I think he's gonna look at all his options, but ultimately I feel uh pretty good and, and confident that he's going to stay at the University of Alabama. All
1: right, Drew I got one more question for you and uh try to try to keep it concise if you can. Uh DeBoer's an offensive guy. Obviously Grubb's a, a great developer of, of offensive players and quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I'll say on the record, I expect Jalen Milrow to be the quarterback. I mean, he's, he's a returning SEC champion. He uh, is one of the odds on, you know, top odds on favorites for the Heisman this year. Having said that, it's a new coach, a new system. You've got, you've got uh, uh, Ty Simpson. You've got Lonergan. You've got Julian Thayne coming in. Uh, how do you expect the quarterback situation to be handled with Grub and DeBoer? Do you think there'll be a quarterback competition or Milrow goes in as the, as the solid starter? How do you see that playing out?
10: Well, I think it's just something to monitor very closely, Gary. Uh, it's a it's a complete total change in system, uh, you know. Because last year Alabama tweaked the offense. There's no question about that. But it's what I told what I like. I was saying uh, yeah, Tommy Reese made comment when he came to Alabama that you know he was having to learn the ver- the system and the verbiage because it was Nick Saban's scheme and they had brought. Jalen Milrow up in it, and they had been developing him over the last three years to be the quarterback. Uh, he had to go out and win that job win that team, but he did. This uh, system under Kay, or excuse me, under uh, Kalen DeBoer, is completely different. It's uh, it, it's pat, it's pass heavy. It's uh, based upon reads uh, and being able to distribute the football like a point guard. It's uh, you know, it, it, they throw a lot of vertical uh, throws down the field. Now that seems to be Jalen Milrow's strength. Uh, you know, but you know you have to see the field very well. There were there were times and issues with that with Bill Rowe, but he certainly got better and improved as much as any quarterback I've seen under Nick Saban. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see how he fits into this Kalen DeBoer offense. Uh, certainly, he have to be the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, this is a guy that uh, was finished sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting, and he certainly led his team to the college football playoff. But it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the, how the rest of this uh, quarterback room uh, adapts to his system because I think uh, Ty Simpson improved uh, a lot himself. And it, it, it was a blue-chip prospect coming in. He'll be a red shirt sophomore. I think everybody saw the, the talent Dylan Lonergan had uh, that, uh, as a young player last year when he got here. And then Julian Say certainly impressed in the bowl practices. So I think it's going to be an, a, a somewhat open competition. No question about that. Uh, because I think you have to kind of do that when you completely change systems and coaching staffs. but certainly nobody has the skins on the wall uh, that Jalen Milrow has. And in many ways, it's going to be how Jalen Milrow, uh, you know, uh, approaches this and how, how he works. And uh, and gets to the lab with Kaylin DeBoer and Ryan Grubb to see uh, if he can grow and take that next step and become a true pro prospect in this System that Kalen DeBoer has uh, really uh, kind of set college football on his ear, and let's be frank, it's the reason he's the head coach at the University of Alabama. Is uh, his offensive acumen and what he was able to do with Michael Penix in two short short years of going 25 and three at Washington. Excellent stuff, Drew. Appreciate you
1: getting on with us, and uh, stay stay safe up there in that inclement weather. Thanks, my friend.
10: Thank you, Gary. Appreciate y'all sticking with me.
1: Absolutely. All right, we've got to get to the break and we're going to come back and uh, i let Coach Randy Ross know we're running a little bit behind because I went over, but we'll we'll get back on time and we'll have the coach, Randy Ross, coming up shortly right here on the Gary Hearthstone. Stay with us.
2: Town Square Media weather update. Well, we're finally breaking through the clouds and seeing some sunshine across the area, and that should be the trend through the rest of the day. Temperatures are going to stay below freezing. Around 30, 31 degrees here this afternoon with sunshine and cold temperatures. Another cold night ahead tonight with lows down to around 10 degrees. And we'll warm up above freezing tomorrow. We should start to see the road start to thaw out tomorrow as temperatures warm to 40 in the afternoon. Next chance of rain on Thursday. Richard Duet at Good The Weather Channel. Just- Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Windy and very
6: cold today, partly to mostly sunny, the high 26. The wind chill index will be in the single digits much of the day. Tonight, a hard freeze, clear with a low at 11. And tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine with a high at 37. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 19 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Tide 100.9 on Facebook today to watch our live shows. Read the great articles and interact with Bama fans today.
1: All right, 1032. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And we've got the coach, Randy Ross, coming up. He's going to have a unique perspective on uh, this situation with Kalen DeBoer. Randy's been in the recruiting office at major college programs. He's been a director of football operations. He's been a on-the-field coach. And uh, he's now retired and living here in Tuscaloosa. We're going to come back with Coach and uh, pick his brain about what's going on in this transition period at the University of Alabama. We'll do that next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Tune 2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's, good food, good friends, and good time.
0: Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well, The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
10: All right,
1: 1035, Leonard Skinner, the sweet, sounds, the sweet home Alabama brings us back in because Coach Randy Ross decided to come back to Tuscaloosa to retire after a long and distinguished coaching career, first at the high school level in Alabama, on the field assistant uh, at Vanderbilt and in various roles at Alabama, Arkansas, SMU. And I think Coach is going to give us a unique perspective In this coaching transition, having served in so many different roles, everything, like I said, from recruiting coordinator, director of football ops on the field, assistant development. He's done a little bit of everything in his career. And as I said, living now here in Sweet Home, Alabama. Good morning, coach. Welcome in. How are you? Hey, doing good, Gary. How are you doing this morning? I know you ain't got a lot to be talking about. Nothing's going on here in Alabama right now. But no, not at all. Not at all. We're not talking about the weather, even though there's a lot going on with that. But uh, I wanted to get you on because, as I said there in the in the lead-in, really an interesting perspective that you can give us. Uh, not that there's ever been a coaching transition uh, like this one since, you know, Coach Bryant retired, but uh, with Coach Saban stepping down. Uh, Coach DeBoer coming in here, hitting the ground running. You've got so many intersections now between the former staff or the staff members that are here and their situations, and then Taylor DeBoer bringing in a new staff and trying to interview you know, folks that are here. Uh, it's got to be a whirlwind. You, you've been through it. You know what that's like. Give us a little insight into what exactly is going on right now uh, with this transition from Coach Saban to Coach DeBoer. Well, you know, you're exactly
5: right. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of meetings. I've sat in a lot of those meetings when when transition is going on, and now you've added the portal, you've added all the other factors that's taking place, and you know, right now, those guys, it's it's a very unusual thing. You're having to recruit your own team. You know, that's a, a new thing, and you're, you're having to do that every year. But when you make a change like this and the portal opens back up for 30 days and, and you're just, you know, you're coming in. I've seen it happen. Guys are coming in and they're trying to explain to the players, this is what it's going to be like. This is what I'm like as a head coach. I'm bringing in a great staff. But you know those kids are sitting there thinking too. They're sitting there looking at the guy that just recruited them. That spent time in their home and all that. That just left or not going to be retained on the staff, and especially with Coach Saban leaving. And <clears throat> so you just you've got so many factors going on right now with all those kids, all the things that they're thinking. And so right now, all old oh, Coach DeBoer and them guys are doing. They're trying to figure out a plan. <clears throat> Excuse me to keep those kids around and just get them to believe in what they're doing. And um, it's, a, it's a tough deal. And But, you know, at the same time, those guys, they're confident in what they're doing. He wouldn't have taken this job. So I, I think right now the biggest thing right now that you're trying to do is win, the, <clears throat> win a little trust from the the kids that are on the team right now. And you got to be out recruiting too because – you know, you still got opportunities to sign some more players. You got kids coming in from the portal. So, listen, they've got about seventy people they're trying to to take care of. That's on the team, and then they're trying to go out and find players to replace them. And so, you're exactly right. It, it's a whirlwind right now, and everybody's trying to, you know, come up with a plan to to, to keep everybody around. That's the main thing.
1: Yeah, and like you said, Coach, just three or four years ago, it would have been a lot easier Uh, before the portal, before NIL. uh, You know, I mean, you would take a job, and yeah, there might be some players that would consider transferring, but they know they'd have to sit out a year, and um, you know, there was no NIL incentives. You weren't being recruited by other schools. Uh, Man, uh, like you said, I guess you you pointed out, first order business is just trying to. Recruit your own roster, especially one as talented as this one, and just try to add a little stability to say, hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. You know, stick with us. I guess, as you said, that's kind of the first order of business is just getting the guys that are here now to buy in.
5: Yeah, and you you know, Gary, it's it's like uh, I related to this, and I I go back. This goes all the way back to to the early 90s when Johnny Major was at Tennessee. I had some friends on the staff there. And they had recruited a ton of junior college kids. And I remember one of the guys on the staff I'd worked with at Vanderbilt, he was our old line coach there, and he was at Tennessee, O-line coach. And he said, you know what? He said, we have almost become a junior college because he signed so many junior colleges. I said, well, I was thinking about that in the last couple of days, and that's sort of what we're in now with the portal. It's almost like mm-hmm. a junior college. It's hard to retain uh, a team, past one or two, sometimes you know you don't even keep them. But a year they're gone, as we're seeing some of the kids leaving now. And so you you've got to fight right now to keep from becoming a junior college. And so that's why I just I just think these guys are trying to come in and just get face to face with these kids and get one on one conversations. I remember when we went to Arkansas. Uh, Chad Morrison, uh, we, we went from SMU to Arkansas and you go in and, and these kids think about this B was there for six years. Those kids had no idea what another staff was like. They'd never met yeah. another head coach. I'd never, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they had never played for another head coach. Excuse me. Well, coach Saban's been here 17 years. So there's a lot of change going on. There's a lot, you know, the social media stuffs out there, and and they're reading all this stuff, and and this gets into the kids' heads. They think, well, maybe it's the thing I need to transfer, and so, you know, you got to convince them right now. Just just sit tight. Let's let's don't make a bad decision. And you know, I'm going to use Isaiah Bond for an example. I read a thing the other day where it said that he, it was a best business, to, better for him making the move to Texas. It was a business decision. Yeah. See, to me, to me, that's a huge mistake because you just caught a pass fourth and 31 that will never be forgotten. I mean, I can name you player after player after player that, that has been taken care of job wise for 30 years now because of who they were and what they accomplished at the University of Alabama. I mean, I I think that was a bad business decision. You're fourth and 31. You're on Daniel Moore's new print coming out. You think it ain't going to be that kid? Wouldn't have been taken care of being a, a graduate of the University of Alabama. Everybody knows. Him. Everybody wants him to work for him. I mean, he. So, those are the things you're trying to sit down with kids and explain. Hey, you got to look at this down the road, not just for the moment. And and that's hard to get kids to do sometimes.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, and, and you're right. Um, uh, all right, Randy, just your, uh, cause you know, I cover the program and I didn't know that Nick Saban was going to retire. I, um uh, I know that this season had been tough and that he had worked hard and, and, and he enjoyed coaching that team, but it was a grind to get them to where they were at. But, um, he, you know, I think kind of kept it to himself for the most part, other than maybe a few of his confidants that he was going to step down and. He even said five minutes before he went into that team meeting last week that he wasn't sure what he was going to do and what speeches he was going to give. Just your reaction to him retiring when he did, especially since he had spent so much time saying he didn't know what he would do when he retired. Most people look forward to what they're going to do. I don't know what I'll do. You know, uh, Were you caught off guard by it? And how much do you think NIL and Portal in the, in the current uh, state of college football played into his decision? You know what, Gary, I was
5: I was I was totally surprised because I just kinda I related back to, to when Coach Stallings retired here at Alabama and resigned and he met with us in the locker room as a staff just before we went out to play Auburn in Legion Field and he said, Hey, I wanna go ahead and let it be known and, and uh, I'm gonna announce it after the game. I wanted you guys to know it first and so anyway, you know, I, I just kinda I kinda I guess from that situation that coach Saban might announce it even before the season maybe before the last game or two or something and when he made it through the championship game or playoffs against uh, Michigan and the SEC I I thought well he's definitely coming back for another year and uh, so I, I think a little bit of it though I think probably once the season and the grind and you know, this is a hard thing. Sometimes, is you are so caught up in just—I mean, the days are are long. You don't know. You don't have time to think much about your own personal life when you're in those meetings all day long, and you're preparing from week to week, and. So I think probably when the season ended against Michigan and he had time to sit down and reflect on everything, and I think probably he just felt like it was best for him and his family, best for the university. And and I do think, you asked me, uh, and, and I do think, guys, I'm a couple of years younger than him, but same era. And I really think this NIL, this portal thing, has just changed the game, the landscape, and the, Complexion of it so much that it's got to wear. I mean, it, it's just got to wear. I know he said it wasn't the main factor, but at the same time, it's got to be one of the factors. I would guess because you know you're sitting there and you got kids that
1: just are leaving your team, and it's it's just it's just a different era we're living in. For Coach DeBoer, I mean, this is how you know when you were coming up through it. You mentioned your generation; it was a little more of a grind. Coaching was a little more of a grind. You had to. Not that they don't pay dues now, but you, a lot of these guys were lifers before they ever even got an opportunity to be a coordinator, certainly a head coach. Now we see, you know, Coach DeBoer. You know, four years ago, five years ago, he was just you know coordinator in Indiana, and uh, then the head coach for two years at Fresno State, then at Washington. Now he's heading up the top program in college football, maybe in college football history. Just almost overnight, it seems like. The challenge for him to be his own guy, implement his program, be respectful of Coach Saban, lean on Coach Saban, know Coach Saban's going to have an office over in Brighton Stadium, but that balancing act between being your own man and building your program and respecting what you're inheriting, how how tough do you think that will be for Kalen DeBoer?
5: Well, you know, I like what he's doing. I mean, I do. I I admire him. I I appreciate him coming and taking this job. You know, a lot of people say, hey, I don't want to be the guy to follow Nick Saban. I want to be the next guy to follow him and let one be in between and all that. I've got to admire him for taking the challenge. And and, um, I I like the fact he coached in high school. He went up to NAIA. He came through uh, the FCS level. He's been at the Power or uh, the uh, group of five schools then to the power five, so he's kind of walked the chain it, it, and I always like that i I used to say if I ever was, and I wasn't but if I'd have been a head coach i'd never hired a guy i don't think that hadn't coached in high school. I think you've got to work at each level to totally understand that level, but I like the fact that he took this job he wasn't afraid of it and you, you said something really important to me, and I watched a lot of head coaches. I worked in the office with them where I went in with them one-on-one and nobody else around, And, and especially when I became the chief of staff or director of football ops, whatever you call those positions today, and and you, you sat there with a the head coach, and the one thing I always encouraged them to do was you've got to be yourself. You can't be somebody else, and I think... Coach DeBoer can obviously take things from Coach Saban. He can visit with him. There's no doubt he should use him in every way possible. But at the end of the day, if he's going to be successful here at Alabama, and and you said it, it's the best football job in America. It's a different animal now. It's 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 a tough situation. And you got to be yourself and you got to do it your way. I've watched a lot of guys try to be somebody else thinking that's what they needed to do. And it just don't work. Cause that's not at the end of the day, the kids see it. They know you have got to be who you are. And if I, I, I won't be able to sit down with him, but if I could encourage him to do one thing, he's got to do it his way and not try to be influenced and do it other people's way. And I think if he does that, then he's going to be successful. Listen, you're going to be if you'll just if you'll recruit and work and and do what you're supposed to do, you're going to be successful. University of Alabama is going to do everything they can to give that head football coach the opportunity to be successful.
1: Randy Ross uh, with us, uh, really giving us some unique insight into what's going on right now with this transition at the University of Alabama. Uh, The comparison, you know, uh, when Coach Bryant retired and, of course, unfortunately passed away, Coach Perkins was a strong personality, a strong football coach. But he caught a lot of criticism for just simply wanting to do things his way. And, you know, it took probably Perkins through Curry and before Gene Stallings was really accepted, as the first uh, football coach to be accepted after Coach Bryant for Coach DeBoer, uh, dealing with that, how, how does a football coach deal with those constant comparisons, deal with criticism? Can you block it? I know coaches always say, well, you know, it's, uh, nobody puts more pressure than I put on myself, but you, you know what's being said. If you, especially if you were to get off and struggle, how, how do you handle that, uh, you know, following in such a successful uh, program in a, in a history of program, and maybe arguably the greatest coach of all time. I mean, it's hard to do, but how do you think a coach handles that? And specifically, Coach DeBoer.
5: Well, I think probably I, you know, you think back. I, I, I reflect a lot on Coach Collins. He, he, I thought handled all that situation really well. And you know, I think sometimes when you take a a legend's place like Coach Saban here at Alabama and what he did and and everything. You know, basically, he always said, you know, they love Coach Bryant and they tolerate me. Yeah. Coach Bryant's favorite thing was, but, you know, he always, he kind of knew what to say. He kind of knew, you know, but basically when it came down to the 12th hour of the day, he made his decisions based on what he thought was best and, and, for the program at the time. And, and, and we used to say this all the time, you know, people say, well, coach Bryant wouldn't have done it this way. We said, Oh no, wait, coach Bryant. The reason he was successful is he changed with the times he, Mm. he adjusted with the times coach. Bryant's been dead a while now. And if he were around, he would have already changed two or three times since he passed away because of the fact he was so great, it changes. And I think like Coach Staben, he made changes through, you think about the difference in you know, the 17 years he was here and he made all the changes. And I think you probably just, when you're in Coach DeBoer's position, you, you, you got to be wise in the things you say and do. And, and, and as we know, you know, probably you won't go take Coach Bryce Tower down. That's probably not the smartest thing in the world to do at the time. Just, you you know, those kind of things, you've got to be careful of what you're doing. And definitely you can't, I mean, Coach DeBoer's always got to give Coach Saban all the credit and, and just then go about the daily activities and take everything you can and learn from him. But at the same time, Uh, go about it and and do the things the way he knows how to do them. Because if you're not doing what, just like you running this radio show, if you're trying to do it like somebody else, then you're going to get off key. It's not going to be very good. But if you run it the way you know, the way you've learned how to do it all these years, then it's going to go smoothly from start to finish. And so that's that's what he's got to do. He's got to convince the kids that he's totally in charge. What he's doing is, is going to work here at the University of Alabama, and all good football coaches change a little bit. I know your previous, y'all were talking about the four two five and all those things. I, I just think that, that the good football coaches are going to adjust to what talent they've got, what they can recruit to, and, and those are the guys that are successful through the years. And that's what Coach Saban, Coach Stollis, Coach Bryant, all those guys have been so yep. successful at the University of Alabama. Coach Bryant went to the wishbone one year. I don't, I'm sure he probably didn't want to go to the wishbone that time, but it was the best mm-hmm. thing for Alabama
1: and the best thing for what he could recruit. And look what happened with
10: that.
1: And so, those yep. winners win, and, and, De, and DeBoer is 104 and 12. And like you said, national That's championships are exactly national right. championships, even at the NAI level. Hey, I wish we could continue. Uh, I've, I'm out of time, but I'm going to get you back on again because this was fun. Thanks, Coach.
5: Absolutely, Gary. Thanks for
1: having me on, buddy. All right, Randy Ross, and we'll be back to wrap up this edition of the Gary Harris Show right after
2: this. Down Square Media weather update. Well, we're finally breaking through the clouds and seeing some sunshine across the area, and that should be the trend through the rest of the day. Temperatures are going to stay below freezing, around 30, 31 degrees here this afternoon with sunshine and cold temperatures. Another cold night ahead tonight with lows down to around 10 degrees, and we'll warm up above freezing tomorrow. We should start to see the roads start to thaw out tomorrow as temperatures warm to 40 in the afternoon. Next chance of rain on Thursday. Richard good the weather chair. From our home base. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa
6: weather. Windy and very cold today. Partly to mostly sunny, the high 26. The wind chill index will be in the single digits much of the day. Tonight, a hard freeze, clear with the low at 11. And tomorrow, a good supply of sunshine with a high at 37. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 19 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide109
0: to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field.
1: All right, J56. welcome back into the Gary here. So it's time to wrap it up and um, had a good show today. I want to thank Justin for uh, his hard work as always. Again, continue to be weather aware out there, even though the frozen precipitation is gone. There's still some slick spots on roads, sidewalks, parking lots, uh so so do be careful and be weather aware it's gonna be very 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 cold bitter cold today so there could be some refreezing of of ice and and spots where there's water so just keep that in mind want to thank our guests rudy arman and randy ross and want to thank uh, patterson Comer attorneys at law for this second hour sponsorship we got great sports talk all the way um got kerry clark and white fulton coming up at uh, 11 and then of course uh Miller's Edge from noon until two, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home from two until six this afternoon with the game. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports, and with Rodney Orr on Tighter and Tighter, Tighter Insider TV at six thirty on WVUA twenty three. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. I'll talk to you again in the morning.
0: For listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, you know! Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.